0: Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinkers, yes, drinkers, celebrity occultists, Dan and Kat Eckhart. So if you've missed part one, you need to head back and belly up to that bar and give that a listen first. Uh, We promise we're going to save your seat right here for you. So in part one, um, you guys helped us understand what occultism is and what drew you to it Somewhat, um, but there's so much more, and there's so much more that's hidden. Uh, Do you like it's hidden? I'm borrowing your words. Uh, and if you didn't, don't get that, listeners. Go back to part one; it'll make sense, I promise. Um, so, Gina, you said you had something you want right off the bat. You wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, Let's I want. I would love to know what is it like to wake up. And this is your day. Let's start a day, a typical day as an occultist. What does that mean?
2: <laughs> well, it generally is not so different from everyone else. Um, you know, we're not living in Hogwarts. <laughs> not
3: yet. Not All yet. Not However, yet.
2: Uh, most of the time, mornings are spent, and I think this is something everyone can follow along and do. Um, A great deal of magical work is understanding the will, and the will is just what we desire in the world. It's like our mission statement. It's what we're here to do, our true will. And so a great deal of magical work is uncovering the will, but then acting the will out in waking reality. So the first thing that we'll do is record any dreams that happened because dreams provide insight, dreams provide um, a whole layer of consciousness that we kind of disregard today as not real. So we'll record our dreams and see if there's anything interesting there. And then we begin our day with meditation. Um, It's literally about 10 to 15 minutes of just you know, calming the mind, which is pretty easy when you just wake up, and getting into a state where you feel as though everything in the day, everything in the universe is coalescing around you, achieving your goal. So whatever your goal is for the day. So we'll do that. And then we'll go to our altar, set the altar for the day. There are daily prayers to the planetary bodies. So today is Wednesday. The planetary body is Mercury, so I lit some Mercury uh, blended incense for the god Mercury and the planet, and then had a series of prayers, which I read, and then we'll do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, which looks like the most magical thing you've ever seen. Um, That involves taking a wand or an athame, calling in the four directions and the governors of those directions, so if you're doing ceremonial magic, that's calling in the four angels, the four archangels that preside over the four elements, uh, water, fire, earth, and air. And then once those uh, banishments are done, what the banishment is essentially meant to do is create space for you to exist without the influence of the elements. So we're literally pushing everything about the building blocks of life, everything that creates like terra firma around us, We're pushing it out to create a little pocket, and within that space of that little pocket where we are outside the influence of those those rulers, that's where we, again, state the intention for the day. So the thing that we are going to be doing, the thing we wanna bring into being. Uh, That might be a business project, (laughs) that might be um, a romantic thing, that might be just friendship, whatever it needs to be for the day. And that will depend sometimes on the rulers of the day.
3: Yeah, and sometimes we consult our little astrology booklets Mm -hmm. um, or our calendars where we've written uh, big things like Mercury going direct, things like that. Um, And then also we try and uh, meet the needs of our animals who are two little cats who come in to help wake us up as well.
2: Yeah, so we order our lives, and I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the pets because we ordered our lives essentially around the idea of the field and the field in occultism is just what you're bumping up against, like where you are, where you are in time and space and who you interact with. And so the first person, the first being in the field is yourself. And so you focus on that meditation and those prayers that you want to do and the lesser banishing ritual and all of those. And then the branch kind of moves out. Well, who else is in our field? For Kat and I, it's our cats, Psyche and Hermes. So then Psyche and Hermes are fed. And then- um, That's hilarious. We'll feed ourselves. Maybe we'll go out and like spread some seeds for the birds. Like It's much uh, like, where are we in space and how do oh, we bring these things
3: around and, us? and every morning I change the water for our ancestor yes. altar.
2: Yes, again, well. the field, the ancestors, the, uh, the parted spirits, the discarnate entities that are still around us. Um, ancestor magic is like kind of the greatest luck magic there is. So if you ever feel like, yeah, I could really use a little bit of a boost with my luck or a boost with like some help with this project, Calling in—I know you mentioned a medium the last time. Calling in grandmother or great grandmother or grandfather, whoever's important to you, to help you with that, to help you achieve that project—is a great way to kind of grease the wheels of the universe because those spirits want to help you anyway, but they appreciate us like interacting with them and, and acknowledging them, them. Yeah. So we'll leave a glass of clear water every day for the spirits on our ancestor altar. Uh, Sometimes we'll burn a white candle if it's a uh, particularly important day, like the equinox, which is coming up. Um, And then it's into work. We work like everyone else. This is our full-time job, but that means answering email. It means planning retreats for witches. It means...
0: Coming to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
2: coming to a podcast. All of that.
1: I... Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions. No. Um, No, I love that. I love that it's so... um, it's like normal, and then yet they're doing something that's like creating your space. I'm just thinking about like what people do every day. Mm-hmm. You know, when you send off your, like for me, I have children, you send them off to school. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a ritual that happens in the morning there, right? And, mm-hmm. like, and my husband has um, this bird feeder outside our window, which is so funny. And every day, it was like comments like it's a restaurant. He's like, oh, well, the restaurant's busy this morning. Or, <laughs> sure. You know, whatever. We like look at the birds, like whatever. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's interesting because like uh, you're saying it, it's like, uh, you know, Living on a little farm, at we have like lots of animals mm-hmm. now, and they and they definitely take all of our attention. They have no voice. Yeah. And no, um, so in the beginning you said they honk and yeah, crack but they don't have and a they... voice. That you're supposed to feed. <laughs> you're supposed to feed your children and you feed the animals before you feed yourself. And that's like a big rule. Like it's a big deal mm. because like you have to like they feed you, so you feed them first, and you feed and you feed the children because they can't help themselves, right? So you you do those two things before you will eat, and that's why. Um, it's so stupid, but it's not stupid actually. There's a thing where like you have this thing, and then like and then you have like what they call the farmer's breakfast. Farmer's breakfast. The reason why those plates are so big in like restaurants, or in like you'll read about it, is because they usually eat it at lunch. Mm. Yeah. You Usually get up at 5:30 and you've been working till lunchtime. Yeah. So you're starving, mm. right? Because you've yeah. now like been moving tons and tons yeah. of grains, animals, blah. But everyone else, and it's the time when you have your quiet. So I feel like very cool. Like you just like, the space that you said you create. Right?
2: Well, thank you. We all have ritual, and I don't want to diminish like magical ritual, as in oh, magical ritual is anything. But we all have rituals, and sometimes magical ritual is you know sitting down with your coffee and doing a little bit of journaling, or for you feeding the uh, the the creatures within your field, your children, etc., getting them off to school. That is very much a magical praxis. I just think sometimes people don't draw those connection points between. Oh, because I'm not carrying a wand around with me and doing this ceremonial thing in Latin,
1: <laughs> then this is
2: now suddenly not How magic. You no, know
1: I don't do that. No, I'm kidding. I'm one hundred percent. I want a wand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, like one hundred percent. Absolutely. 100%. I need that. Yeah. So Gina, yeah. you know what I want? Oh, I know. You hold on. A cocktail. Yes. See, she's got this. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna make a cocktail, and I had to think about it because you're like, I read your, I read everything. You like, be like surprises. Be yeah. like cocktails, we like gin, we like whiskey, we like all these things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, what's the big thing right now? Oh, obviously espresso martinis, right? It's the Ooh. big thing it has been like around, but surprise, we're not gonna do that, right? <laughs> so okay. we are gonna use espresso, but we're gonna do it our way. So I thought about like all things to me that make me feel like um, something, right? So for me, it, it, it starts with whiskey and I decided to use two ounces of whiskey in this cocktail. So it's gonna be whiskey and then espresso, Right, so we're going to make, we're going to wind up making two cocktails. So we're going to put two ounces of Mager's Mark. We're going to use Mager's Mark on this one. It's a 94 proof um, whiskey and I, and I do like it. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to use that. So then we're going to put in two ounces of espresso, mm. which is, you know, you say, okay, is espresso really that magical? Well, if you've been to Italy, Greece, <laughs> Turkey, uh, anywhere, is, real, wherever you think the center of the earth is, and that could be anywhere it is for you. Coffee is a magical thing, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. So I'm, this is my gift, right? So now the next thing that I always find out to be something that has like healing powers and delicious and just wonderful is ginger. So mm-hmm. I made a ginger um, simple syrup to go in this. And ginger to me is like, again, just, you know, just a nice way to like, um, just to, you know, waking up your senses, your immune system, Tell your body, you know what, I'm good with that, I love you, we're good. So I start off making um, a ginger tea, which is just um, steep ginger and water, and then I mix the sugar in at the end, I don't actually cook the sugar. So that's in there. So now my question to my guests are, um, cinnamon and cardamom, cardamom or cinnamon, but you have to make a choice.
2: Oh, cinnamon. Cinnamon,
1: okay. What about you? I was
2: gonna
3: say cardamom. Okay.
1: Okay, then you know what, we'll do this a little bit differently. We'll add the cardamom in the drink, which we're gonna add a pinch the cocktails, and put that in there, and then we will dust it and finish it with a little bit of cinnamon since we want both. And, you know, one thing I I have to say is you have to add a little bit of citrus, right? So we're gonna actually use a blood orange. Um, I love blood orange, Mm. it's got a little bit of bitter and deliciousness, but it really is rooted into um, the Italian culture, and like, I take all of my um, cocktail and magic and all that from that. So we're gonna actually take the pieces cut them into fours and put them in there because we're going to shake it in our cocktail. So we have everything and all of our ingredients in there. So you're going to fill your shaker tin three quarters full of ice, tap it, and now we're going to shake it. I'll get my own. Oh okay. Whew. So now that it's nice and frothy and it smells honestly delicious, um, you're going to strain your cocktail. You can double strain this, or if you don't mind a little bit of pulp, you can have that in there, but it is just a really beautiful, uh. rich, surprisingly different um, flavor profile, and I think I'm gonna have to make one more for Louise, but that's okay. Um, So, we said that we're gonna add the cinnamon after, right? Well, cinnamon is really one of my funnest little things I like to use, right? So we're going to see if this works. Oh, it does, good for us. So we're gonna take it, and we're just gonna make sure that we
2: uh, Do all things oh to make it Excellent. a little
1: bit surprisingly magical for you today. Well, thank wow. you. So cheers and welcome. Thank you. Oh that's
0: good. <laughs> it, to your point it's very unexpected. Yeah. It's not what I expected at all. Yeah. It's delicious. I mean not that I expected it to be delicious <laughs> now but know. the flavor <laughs> for profiles together are very unexpected.
2: Yeah. It's so creamy and then has that just acid of the orange cutting through. It's it's great.
1: And no cream. It's like, um, a- it's your bourbon. Mm. But your bourbon and your cardamom together love each other. Uh. Do you know what I mean? So, like, your whiskey loves loves cardamom. Like, they just do. They love this. Like, I um, love
2: whiskey. I've learned so. something new today. <laughs> yeah.
1: You got to, um, we should start a new, um, a cult in Kentucky where we, we, we find the best whiskeys yeah. and we're like, we're going to do a little ritual right here with your whiskey and like figure it out because like that would be super fun, you know, and especially with the um, different water sources that are um, specific to that region. Well,
2: yeah, when you're talking about doing like tinctures for like herbalism or alchemy, which came just a few seconds ago, the... Um, Alcohols that are generally called for are these grain alcohols that are highly, highly distilled. And it's because you have, A, they're hyper-regional, generally speaking. So it's like the water from the local area, the grains from the local area. But there are a few ingredients, so you can look for the absolute best of them to bring that out.
0: Speaking of absolute best, where are they going to go to get your absolute best recipes? (laughs) You're going to go to
1: Designated Drinker.Show for the cocktail recipes and tips. And uh,
0: how-to's. And how-to's. And the other thing we're going to do is make sure that you can find uh, how to be an occultist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to give you contacts to Dan and Kat. So that way, if people have more questions, want to get involved, see what you're doing, keep up with all that you're doing, since we can't just yet channel it, um, <laughs> we got to rely on the Googles for that still. Um, we'll make sure that's there. And again, you can just also just check your episode notes, because those links will be live there as well. Awesome. So, speaking of, can we talk about psychic abilities mm-hmm. and how this works into um, occultism? I mean, it's really interesting. I see a psychic in Hawaii mm-hmm. who is amazing, one, sure. just amazing. She's steeped in like Christianity. When huh? you go to see her, which one, it's such an experience. Her place is up in the mountains, up above Oahu, it's on Oahu, above mm-hmm. Honolulu, and it's an old Buddhist. Uh, temple mm. that she bought way back in the day. Apparently now it's worth. Good lord, who knows how much money? Yeah. She probably knew that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you go see Lan Vo, and it's when I first when I went to go see her the first time. It's this really just blank canvas of a room that has just more artifact Christianity Christianity artifacts or mm-hmm. pictures or throughout the room, and it kind of surprised me. I was like. Yeah. Look at that. Um, But you want to talk about accurate. That woman is just, if anyone, she would shut anyone's door on (laughs) like, if you don't believe, it's crazy. She told me my grandfather's first name, Mm. the man I met one time. Wow. And all you do is you put your name on a piece of yellow pad, yellow pad of paper. There's no internets. And even if she did Google, she'd never get to my grandfather's name. That's my point. And this is many, many years ago. Um, And apparently he's one of my my angels. so how, and I 100%, obviously, <laughs> buy into this stuff. Yeah. Um, how does that work into your space?
2: Yeah. Great question.
3: Well, we think that psychic abilities are inextricably linked with uh, witchcraft or the practice mm. of occultism. Yes. Um, and I think that anyone can actually cultivate these abilities or skills.
2: Yeah. Um... A good kind of way of framing it is not every psychic is a witch or an occultist, but every witch or occultist should be psychic in some way. And that is really a process of cultivating trust within yourself. Mm-hmm. The reason I think so many witches, occultists, magicians, etc., display psychic phenomena or have psychic ability, quote unquote, have ability, is because their entire Metaphysics is oriented around the expression of the self and trusting the self so often in culture. We're told we can't trust ourselves We're told that like if the a child comes into a room and says mom I just saw granddad and granddad's dead That's uncomfortable and parents will generally say no you didn't you're making that up or don't say things like that Um, We get shut down at an early age. So Anyone, I think, can be very psychic. Anyone can have these experiences with loved ones, mediums. Yeah, whatever. and
3: it's all in different ways. Like, mm-hmm. we express these abilities, and in different ways, I'm not exactly sure how, but it, like, Dan and I, we have psychic abilities and sure. mediumistic abilities, yeah. and we have totally different ways of receiving these mm-hmm. messages. Um, Dan does something called scrying, which yeah. uh, the most popular example of that is gazing into a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. That's something that comes really easily to him and that he's been able to cultivate and work on over these these many years. For me, when I try to scry, I get a headache. and <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't work for me at all. Uh, when I'm tuning into uh, mediumistic messages or psychic messages, I'm really connecting with my body. And I start to feel things uh, that open up a dialogue where I can kind of have this conversation with whatever's coming through and and feel out kind of the message.
2: Yeah. When we talk about like, what are ways to grow your psychic ability or to get in touch with that? I find one of the easiest ways is a mantra for anyone. And you don't have to be identifying as a witch or an occultist to do this. But it's literally, again, that self-belief feedback loop, a mantra of, I am a profound, I have profound psychic ability. If you say that to yourself every morning when you wake up and then start just keeping notes of things that you maybe thought or maybe knew before they happened or weird synchronicities, you'll find that feedback loop slowly begins to grow. And before long, you can trust yourself. You can trust yourself with these messages that seem to come from elsewhere. And this is something that's like actively being studied right now in universities across the United States. Uh, University of Maryland had a study, which I was fortunate enough to be a part of, around mediumistic phenomena. And like, where (laughs) do these messages come from, right? Like, is it delusion? Is it from somewhere in our brain? We don't know where in the brain it comes from, but we're beginning to rule out that delusion is the foundation (laughs) of this. We're beginning to realize there are people know things that like your experience, that that woman would have no way of knowing. And so, how? And if they know things, what does that say about the interconnectivity of consciousness of the life around us?
0: Yeah, Lonvo is like, shut the front door. She tells you stuff that you're like, um, one of the biggest moments wasn't, there's tons of them, but the one of the biggest ones was probably, I guess, it's the second to last time I've seen her. I've been back to Hawaii in a long time. Um, she uh, said to me, she was, I mean, she goes, English is her second language. Mm. So you have to really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And she says, Why are you angry at your mother? Mm. And I was like, it's ah, a very complicated <laughs> story. It's a long story. And she she said, Well, you need to make amends. Mm. She goes, ma, <laughs> ma, And she taps her chest mm-hmm. and she said, Your mother has lung cancer. Mm. And she has five five months. Oh wow. Six maybe. And she was right. My mother passed him five months. Five months later, and we didn't know she had lung cancer. Wow! And so it's it was, and, and she doesn't tell you bad things all the time, and, mm-hmm. and sure. but at the time, she, I she told me that because there was a reason for me yeah. to to know. It's what you needed to know. Yeah, and but what interesting thing what you said um, when she said it to me, I knew,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but I didn't know. I didn't know until when she told when she said those words to me. In my mind, I literally went, I knew that.
2: Yeah. In your subconscious mind, you likely already had some suspicions of this, some inner knowing of this, yeah, but, but the there conscious was mind was no, med- no. There was can't. no medical reasons right. I
0: would have known that, though. My right. mother hadn't been diagnosed. It was mm-hmm. very sudden. It was very quick. Yep. And But I knew, and it was as if she told me something I already knew, honestly.
2: And so that inner knowing, that feeling, those would then be the feelings to zoom in on and to like keep like a little running diary of if you're interested in exploring that like- No, I am, world, that's why I actually, that was yeah. actually a very
0: loaded question. <laughs> this is what happens when you get to be the co-host of the show. You sure. can ask the questions that
1: you wanna know. <laughs> if you So that's a good question though. What if you are reading some? What if you're like, I don't know, what if like one day you just have a day where you're like fully open, right? Like, and like you just like pass somebody and you're like, and you know, like, Something about whatever. Do you ever stop? Well, first of all, two questions. One, do you ever stop anybody and say anything to them? Mm. No, no, you don't. Good.
3: Yeah, I'm already shaking my head. Yeah.
1: Like, and then they is,
3: aren't necessarily ready to receive that.
1: And then, secondly, when you are with somebody or a group or are we running, a, do you ever like tell them something? Like, I've always, like, at least people I've experienced, they don't really tell you bad things because yeah. they don't want you to live with that like moment, right? But do you ever feel the need to like tell somebody something like that? Because I feel like the good's easy to tell.
2: The good's easy to tell. The there's an ethics here, and I think the mm-hmm. ethics vary from practitioner to practitioner. But for me, I'm very interested in the idea of curses and curses not necessarily and being. I curse all
0: the time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Those are
2: fine. Those are fine. <laughs> Those are I'm interested in the idea though of the the curse that we don't. Think of as a curse. So, like when you re- buy a witchcraft book from Barnes and Noble, there's going to be like a <laughs> freezer spell to like stop people from talking about you. And you write a name on a piece of paper and put it in a freezer. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about that's is funny. the situation where someone will say something that is future oriented, like "you're going to lose your job in three months." How beneficial and how useful is that for the person to now?
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. 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 so
2: to me i'm very hesitant but unless... if you
3: didn't like that would be no a curse no right. Right. yeah would be a curse yeah. you'd
2: be wandering for the next three like, months oh, you'd be no. constantly looking at your coworkers, looking at your boss looking at your work and being like i need to find a new job do these people hate me why am i going to lose my job what's going to happen to me yeah. and i don't like to put people in that situation if i have something that's coming through that is particularly Maybe disturbing or maybe uncomfortable, or, or that they I, need
3: to take action.
2: or on. they need to take action. There is a question there for me of asking the person first that I have something that's you always have agency, and that's the most important thing. We can always change our futures. I don't believe we're fated to have to like live out a path that's predestined for us. However, do you really want to know? what um what I'm feeling in regards to maybe this person or in regards to this aspect of your life. And giving that person the option to say, no, I really would prefer not to know that. And know? and
3: most people will say yes, most even people. if they're not necessarily ready. So Dan and I are really careful about our wording choice and what we end up disclosing so that it is empowering for the other person. Yeah. I was, we don't always just say everything we know. I will
0: right. say I will say when Monvo mm-hmm. told me this, I had seen her multiple times. Yeah, you have a I, relationship. I I I had, had a couple of years of seeing her and it, obviously it didn't t- it was within the very short period of right. time.
2: She didn't stop you in the grocery store and say, "Hey, this or is." Or even tell happen. me that
0: in the first time she met yeah. me 5 exactly. years before
1: going, "Oh yeah, 5 years from now." Yeah. 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 No, I always wonder. I, I just wonder, like, how you stop that. Like, I feel like once you're like flowing and you're like feel things that are around you, how do you stop yourself from just saying, you know,
0: that to having me having diarrhea of the <laughs> mouth?
2: You mean?
1: <laughs> well, if you've ever seen the people that do that, um, I don't know what it's called. It's a different. It's a different thing where they'll, they'll, they'll have paper mm-hmm. and they're scribble, yeah, they're yeah, scribbling. Writing. But they're not talking to you anymore at that point. They're writing. They're writing. They're writing. They're writing, and then. You know and then they'll we start reading back their notes and then they'll be like and then they won't tell you something right and then you see that it's there and you're like well, what is that
2: yeah is that? that is um i think one of the benefits of magical praxis of like getting into a uh, definitive routine around the psychic self so like those lesser banishing rituals of the pentagram or psychic self-defense that's not necessarily defense against like some wizard who's trying to curse you. Like, come on, that's not really going to happen that frequently. However,
1: yes, it does is, happen. It, <laughs> it does that's happen. Not what you're doing.
2: The the best magical thing I ever read was a grimoire where they were talking about how to decide whether you've been cursed by a living magician or whether you've been cursed by a dead witch. Wow. And I was like, that is amazing because if there's survival of consciousness, and all these like crazy cool um, folk traditions have. Witches and occultists and wizards and mag- magicians, whatever you want to call them, uh, existing in some kind of afterlife in a separate pocket of like the world from everyone else. So in Norway, the idea of like the elves that live in Norway, according to the folk traditions, they are the embodied souls of witches or magicians or wizards that neither heaven nor hell can claim. And so you die and you reincarnate as an elf, according to Norwegian folklore. It's really cool stuff. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah.
2: Um, but the benefits of practicing that kind of um, boundary setting is so that when you're not, like when you're walking through a grocery store, you're not overcome by everybody's different like spirit messages. And spirits have a lot of messages for us. Like they want to tell us things and we're not listening right now. That's um, That is one of the Needs, I just got I I'm
1: definitely listening. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are.
2: Like it's all over me right yeah. now. Yeah. So like chill, 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 chill everywhere. That's the need I think right now for so, the magician.
3: Yeah, and if you are overwhelmed by messages all the time, some people are. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. very, for whatever reason, they're very sensitive. Um, there are ways to kind of titrate it down and have designated times in your week to receive messages that are helpful.
0: I know what they do. They just listen to the designated drinker show. (laughs) Yes. Make the cocktails. You got to be numb then. I'm just kidding.
3: I mean, you could have like a time of, okay, receiving, making the cocktail, drinking the cocktail, uh, processing. um, And then you ask, you know, I want to be cut off. From these messages for this period of time and then i will open that again so that you have specific boundaries around your contact yeah.
2: famously neville goddard the american mystic who is very interested right. in like manifestation techniques he would receive messages from the universe by drinking a glass of wine and sitting in his favorite armchair for an hour and just letting himself sink into that chair, with that glass of wine, and real relaxed. So yes, your alcohol, your drinks can be magical. Spirits. practices. <laughs> spirits. Spirits. spirits for spirits. It's called
1: um, Friday. I'm, I'm good. I'm definitely good with that. I could do this all day. I know. I know. I and, and, this could be fifty-five and, episodes. Yeah, Kim's <laughs> giving me
0: the, the evil eye. <laughs> Oh. She's the keeper of time.
1: <laughs> what a great like job in the universe if you were the keeper of time. Mm. I would love that. Oh, I don't think I would. You could subtract and add a minute here and there.
2: <laughs> think of the admin work though. Yeah. <laughs> so good. The like, oh, paperwork would be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I, I would love
1: that.
0: All right. You know what? I'd love. <sighs> yes up that last question what you got oh my gosh it's so hard are I you know, kidding me i know
1: i love it now it's hard for you i know it's like so <laughs> hard kind of easy i mean like i know. thought i had the answer and then they said they had two cats so now i don't know maybe I was, well maybe i'll go with it anyway right let's go with it so everybody identifies with a spiritual animal and of course i chose a cat for you because a cat and a witch and a and a witch and, a, and they have the cats and the cats are mad and the cats protect Sure. They're they're a wizard and and witch right. Mm-hmm. If you could have one spirit ingredient and it could be in your cocktail or in your magic or in your food, what would that ingredient be and why does it describe you?
2: Ooh. Would you like to go first?
3: Spirit ingredient like an herb or it could be an herb. It could be liquor. It could be whatever you want. Jalapeno. How what you, how you use Yeah. Question is cruel and unusual. Yes. Oh, um, hmm, what's calling to me? Well, I really like tea. Um, and I guess Barry's tea is a part of my Irish ancestry, and I used to go over to my grandmother's house on Sundays and have that in the afternoons, so probably that one.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. I love that. I don't think I have tea yet as an answer. Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Um and I think for me. I'm I'm a really big fan of spicy things. Um, and when I cook for Kat and I, um, yeah. she never lets me put crushed red pepper on her stuff because it's a little too spicy. Oh, I, love it. I love crushed red pepper. And I think if there was a drink that could use that as a garnish or just a heat, I love a heat source. And I think I'm an Aries. I'm a fire sign. So heat is all my, my deal. That would entirely uh, cocktail with some crushed red pepper.
1: Got it. Love it. There you go. Yeah. We haven't had either those. What no? Nope. They're totally new. Right. They are totally new. All right. It's because they're psychic abilities, they knew. <laughs>
2: they you know, cheated. we can't choose they this cheated.
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note. Thank <laughs> you. Cheers, so much. cheers, so cheers, cheers, cheers. Welcome. So and thank you. And thank you. Thank you.
0: The designated drinker show is produced by Missing Link a latino owned strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link line of a podcast is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.